Hi, this is Mike Taylor, the Barber's Voice, and today we've got a special one for you. Today I'll be talking to Mr. Gareth Clark. Gareth has been in the industry around 35 years, so that's even longer than me. His dad was a barber, so he'd done the old-fashioned apprenticeship. He owns his own barber shop. He was a member of the Barber Council when it first started. He's a teacher, a qualified assessor, a stage performer, trainer. I've even worked with him out in India teaching. So I can't wait to get Gareth's thoughts on the barbering industry. Hey Gareth, my good friend. It is such a pleasure to have you on here with me today. The first question, because I want to just go straight to the hip and ask you some questions is we all know there's too many barbershops opening up everywhere and I want to know your thoughts on it and I want to know what you would like to see put in place of course yeah um, I think I have quite a strong opinion on this I'm all for people opening up a business and being an entrepreneur and doing the right things but let's do the right thing you know, there's a reason we work to a certain standard of work. There's a reason why we pay our insurances and we reason why we do what we do. Um, I don't agree with them being opened up on every street corner at the moment and cheapening our trade, because that's basically what's happening. It's just, you know, I don't think it's right. I just don't think it's right at all. No, no, no. If I jump in there, yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it. I, I get that the high street's dying, so the landlords will want to rent to anyone, but... I'm with you is everyone just keep opening there's villages around me now with four barbershops when they didn't even have one a few years back and it's just getting ridiculous and all it is is starving genuine people out of the trade because a lot of these barbershops are opening they're just cash only so you know they're not even legitimate businesses yeah you know i think i've said it before you know would you walk in a restaurant that was got nobody in it and then got a big sign on the door saying cash only you know there's a regulation in place for restaurants with the scores on the doors or the health and safety warnings, stuff like that. Why can't we have something like that to say, yes, we've practised properly, we're qualified, we're paying our insurance. So let's, you know, we should be shouting about what we do right and not focusing on what has been done wrong in the barbershop being cheapened by the other people. Believe you me, Gareth, when I'm talking to my clients, I'm always saying about how much it costs to perform a haircut the training I do, what I do pay on my taxes, how much electricity's gone up, the card machine, everything, how much insurance has gone up. I keep them informed of everything. And I think that they that they really listen. But I just think everyone needs to be battering this drum. But people, the right people seem to need to listen because they are they fronts or are they legitimate business? I can't see them being legitimate businesses when there's no one in them. No, no, I totally agree with it. You know, this is the other thing. You walk past them and they've got they've got the nice equipment in there. They're wearing the nice clothes. You know, they've got all the best of everything, but they're doing a haircut for ten quid or whatever it is. Now, surely, I think the thing we've got to do is start educating the, the customers a bit more. You know, we're we're lucky in the, our environment. I guess you're the same in your environment. You educate the customers. They come back. They buy into what you do properly. To me, it's, it's got to be a government thing. You know, I did think with COVID, 
there was a few times when Boris Johnson was talking about us and I was thinking, ah, he realises how important we are now. The government's actually starting to listen. They will register us, licence us, whatever you want to call it, but they regulate us somehow, which can make us all a lot more professional. But it doesn't seem to have happened. And I've never had so many legitimate barbershops phoning me up wanting staff because so many people have left the business but there's loads of barbershops opening so everyone needs staff and there's more barbershops opening every day it's just unbelievable and i don't get it i think we could be scratching our head on that for a long time because you know how long have i been in the industry 35 years and it's gone it's almost gone full circle and it was off the back of covid we thought we were going to be in a strong position and that we could actually win our battles with the, the government and stuff like that but We've just been brushed to one side again, haven't we? And just almost forgotten about. Yeah, is it? Have we ever got close? I don't know. I mean, the Hair and Barber Council's been going since the 60s, battering the drum, and they seem to have support, but nothing seems to happen. And I mean, I personally, and everyone I speak to, would like something to happen, but where do we go? This is one of the main reasons I started this podcast, for people to get talking. So if enough people talk about it, maybe something might happen. Yeah, I look at maybe get that, you know, and it, like I've said previously, though, it's like educating the, the general public, isn't it? They've got to be aware of the fact of what should be done, what shouldn't be done. You know, it goes back to a simple thing of putting a pair of gloves on while you're doing a shave, doesn't it? You know, blood-borne diseases. Do we really want to start contaminating people? They're not going to kill anyone. Well, you wouldn't go in a restaurant, would you, with loads of germs on the plate? It'd soon get shut down. And and that's the thing that um, I see all the time is you get your hair cut, a rub, a massage, and a hot towel with everything, and it's 10 quid. You can't launder a towel. If you're washing a towel, drying it properly, and it's properly laundered, it's going to cost you three, four, five quid minimum. So how, how can it be? It's got to be a towel that's been used before. And if it's been used before, think of the germs. You know, you might not say you might not kill someone, but do you want herpes? I don't. No, exactly. But that's exactly what I mean. We can make someone's life a bit miserable for a period of time. You know, we've had a client come in and use us regularly that went off somewhere else and got um, an infection on his scalp. And we've, you know, we've had to do, go through the whole reason of why it's happened and why it's happened like what's happened to you and he ended up on a course of antibiotics from his doctor from someone using a pair of dirty clippers on his head yeah well that that happens all the time especially with the foil uh, foil, foil shave yeah because it takes a skin takes a it to so tight to the skin that you get all the dried skin there and if someone ain't got yeah. the time to clean it because they're charging very very little for their services that's the sort of thing that's going to happen and, exactly. and and it's like i don't want to bash these people i just want to educate these people because they're the people that need educating but there needs to be a law in there so they can only open their shops if they've had some sort of education i'm not saying that you've got to have this certain qualification but maybe something from the council that's sort of a general health and safety that people understand they've had some sort of test and legislation to so that everyone knows they know what they're doing and what they're allowed to do Right, here's another thing I've just thought of. So during the COVID period, I can remember I was in my barbershop, renovating the barbershop, doing all this work in it, and these two ladies appeared at my window, and they were the COVID officers. Yeah. And they were going around and inspecting businesses, being ready for being back open again. And I invited them in. I invited them into my barbershop and said, come in, this is what we're going to do, and I explained it all. And I said... That's the way it should be. She went, yes, I don't completely agree with it. I said, but what about the others? 
you know, you just walk past them, they've still got queues in them. That's, that's not what you're telling us. We can't have too many people in one place. And, you know, all the other stuff. She went, I know. I know. What a waste of time. I know. What a waste of time. I mean, how many barbershops do you know were shut down due to COVID, due to regulations, due to not, not going through the guidance? None. So all these people were employed to basically do nothing. And, and that... And it really, really gets my go. It really, really does. It, I don't know what's happening to the industry. This is an industry that I love and I want to protect. And I want to see, you know, so many young people are coming out of schools and colleges that want to do barbering. It's a very accepting trade. It's a very artistic trade. It's where well, it's where I found my position in life. I was no good at school. Barbering saved me. And let's not mess it up. You know, I hope the right person's listening to think yeah actually it's a great job it's a great trade and it needs looking after we are the you know the barbershop is the dominant person on the high street we all know that as well you know it's a social hub as well isn't it and you know we you know how can i put it you know, we're good for people aren't we we do we make people feel better about themselves you know we need we need help and since um, people don't go to the pub so much after work, they need the barbershop. They come in once, twice a week, and they need to talk. They need to get things off their chest. I mean, exactly. only today I was chatting with a guy that was my age that was telling me about how, how hard it was losing his dad. And, you know, and we opened up together because I'd lost my dad many years ago. Like, you know, And it was a really nice chat. And people are finding, you know, we don't have so much of that time anymore because we don't have the time to hang out in pubs it's not healthy it's not what no, we do but you don't definitely. get chatting like that to someone at the gym do you it's the barbershop where you have that communication and yeah, definitely we are a social hub and you know a lot of my customers clients have become friends you know you, you, they, i see them on a regular basis every two weeks or whatever it is you have a catch-up you put the world right they go away you know it's one of them that comes and says this is my therapy for each month i come and see you and I'm be- you make me feel better so, yeah, you know, we are doing the right thing. We do need a bit of help and we need people to help us point everybody in the right direction, whether it is landlords or authorities saying we can only have X amount of this business in our town. It's something has got to be done. I completely agree with everything you just said there, Gareth. But moving on to my next question, what I want to ask mm-hmm. you, 87% of our industry, they're saying now, are self-employed. But you are one barbershop that runs an employed model. Can you tell me why? Well, ever since day one of me being in the industry, I've always been employed. And to me, it gives a bit of a loyalty thing. And, you know, yes, you can turn around and say you've got a bit of control about your staff, et cetera, et cetera. But everyone that's ever worked for me has been employed. And they've always liked it. And they like the security of it. They like the fact that four weeks of a year they're getting paid to go on holiday and they got the they, they can bank on that. And to me, it does build that. I was gonna say it again, loyalty. They they feel that they want to be there. They, they feel that you're looking after them and doing the right thing for them. But self-employed is obviously a big thing at the moment, but I just to me, it personally feels like you're going to get someone who just wants to get in and be hitting the cash cow a little bit, in, in my opinion. See, I run a employed and a self-employed model, so I will reach out to the barber and sort of basically give them what they want. But in a way, I, you know, again, it comes down to interference, but I would like, if everything was cleaned up, 
I wouldn't mind running a completely employed model, but I'd only be prepared to do that if everyone else was made to do that. Yeah, and I completely get that. And, you know, it's what suits you at the end of the day, and that's what suits me, and it suits my staff. And, you know, I attract that sort of person that I want, you know, and I just... I don't. I wouldn't say never to self-employed, but it's just does not for me at the moment. Well, I think if the industry's moving in the right way, it should go the other way, like where we can afford to employ our barbers. Everyone's charging more, and everyone does have that security, does have that pension, and that's the way it does need the industry to go. But unfortunately, it seems to be going the other way against what everyone's trying to do. But that's the facts. Definitely. I think if you build it, they will come. And that's my kind of my opinion. And, you know, I have the passion for this industry just as much as you do. And, you know, that rubs off and it, you know, it, then you surround yourself with the people that are right. And that's why I believe employment for me is what works. Right in Gareth. I met you about 10 years ago and we both got a job for the same company teaching barbering. So like me, I know you do a bit of teaching, but you're mainly a barber. What I want to know is, what do you prefer, shop floor barbering or teaching? Well, you know, I got into teaching because, you know, like yourself, I got involved with one of the local colleges, and it was all about giving something back and making a difference, really. And I know that sounds a bit corny, but it was like that because I can remember some of, you know, you're going to back me up on this. So the people that were coming in, hairdressers, had not really done barbering. And we kind of got looked down on a little bit as to what our qualification was. So there's me, you know, I want to do something about it. Went down the route, got the teaching qualifications, got the assessor's qualification. And that's why I went for that job as an assessor with you guys. And, I, and it was great. You know, it was making a difference. But I have got to that point now that everybody feels that they're, they're an educator. You know, they've been in trade five minutes and they want to start educating. So it's not frustration at all. It's just stepping away for a period of time and assessing my own situation. And I feel that I'm getting my passion back for being back in the barbershop. You know, I love this job. I've been doing it for 35 years. My dad was a barber. I used to get taken to Mickey Army at school. You're going to be a barber like your dad. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh. I am, and I love it, and I love being in the barbershop, and probably the thing for me now is being back in the barbershop and teaching in the barbershop. Yeah, yeah, that, well, that does lead me to my next question when I get to it, but I completely agree. Um, I'm finding it actually hard to get teachers at the moment. There was a stage where everyone wanted to be a barber teacher, and I still believe they do, but actually when they they come to it, when the crunch is and they're in there, and if they're doing legitimate qualifications – that they've got a syllabus to work to and theory and a lot of assessments and signing off and a lot of marking, they soon want to come back into the barbershop because the barbershop is a lot more of a fun job. I wouldn't say it's more rewarding, but I still think cutting someone's hair is very rewarding. So, um, yeah, I'm on the, that bandwagon of I love my time in the barbershop. It's sort of more my day off being in the barbershop where teaching really just does tax me, but I absolutely love it. But it, it, it's that thing of, I don't know, I sort of want to get it out there from two old-timers like us. Is If you are just starting in barbering, enjoy it. I mean, teaching will come. 
Definitely. Your time will come. And if it's going to be, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, we're both very fortunate. We It happened for us and we've been and done some great stuff together, haven't we? Yeah. You know, we've been some great places and we've seen some great journeys from people as well. You know, there's nothing better than taking that young person at the beginning, you know, won't speak to you, naive, and all of a sudden, within a, a period of time, you've gone to the other end of it, you know, they're confident, they're cutting hair, you know, they're really good at what they do. And, and you know, there's a certain amount of pride in that. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been teaching so long. There's so many people I know now that um, I've taught. They've got their own barbershops. They're teaching their own apprentices and everything, which it just fills me with so much joy and you know and I, I don't really have to pay for google ads or anything my places on my courses fill up just through my reputation of people mm-hmm. knowing me and basically know that i give a shit well let's be honest mike that's how we've met each other so if we, either of us wouldn't have done that we wouldn't have known each other we wouldn't be having these conversations now you know i see you as a friend so definitely so then, Gareth, this has been a really, really cool chat. I hope everyone's enjoyed it as much as I have. But my last question for you is, because I know you're a believer in this, like me, apprentice. I have kids mm-hmm. all the time wanting apprenticeships, and barbershops just won't take them on. You're someone that believes in it. I'm someone that believes in it. Can you tell the people out there why you should get an apprentice? It's quite simple, really. Um if you if you're believing in your standard of work and what you expect from it, that is the only way you're going to get it. You know, investing them from a young age, bringing them through, showing them exactly what you do, and you just end up with a standard of something at the end of it, something that someone has a bit of pride about. Yes, you can go off and do your cheap 12-week, this and that, whatever, but I've always found... Yeah, I've got four members of staff at the moment. Three of them trained through me. One's an apprentice at the moment. So I think that kind of says where I am. In it's investment in them and bringing them on a nice journey. And again, it goes back to the other thing of loyalty. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. It's like so, like I said, so many people are coming to me now saying, "I want barbers, mate. I want barbers, mate." But I can't just try them out like that. And I'm saying, have you thought about investing, getting an apprentice? Oh, I couldn't afford to pay them 170 quid a week. It's like, yeah, but you can. Because if you're investing in them, they will bring you the money tenfold back in time. You know, they, 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 they can do, and people don't realise, they can do an apprenticeship. And once you get them to a level, they can still do some cut shop floor and it can go in the till. It don't take long before they're making £170. And then it don't take that much longer than they're making double or triple that. And then you can keep them employed. Because one thing I do hate about barbering with the self-employed model is there's a lot of youngsters, they might do the, the courses and they're not ready to be making five or six hundred pounds a week. They need to have a structure. Their parents need them to have a structure so they can understand money. You know, we have got a responsibility with that. There's two things I thought of that only these last few days with our new apprentice starting with us. You know, I was talking to him and said, this is like a big well-oiled machine in here and you are probably the most important cog in our machine at the moment because you are the one keeping everything ticking along. You know, we do a bit of shave work in here. You know, an apprentice gets everything ready for you. You know, they save you time in between clients because they're doing the tidying up for you. And then 
all of a sudden they're shampooing for you. They're preparing shaves for you. They're getting clients ready for you. They're working reception now, doing the desk for you. So clients are being booked in with them. They're answering the telephone. All those things that happen in the barbershop, they're, they're saving you time. So they are that most important cog. Yeah, and also with my barbershops is, you know, in this street I work in, we're the most expensive, and we're not expensive at all with 20 quid. But everyone else, 13, 14, 15 quid. But they haven't got apprentices. So when my clients walk through the door... It's like they get a hello. They get a, do you want to take a seat? They've booked an appointment. They they get looked after by the apprentice. And like you say, you know, when I finish the haircut, they're there cleaning my tools. They're making it ready for the next one. So realistically, they're making the barbershop so much more money and revenue than if you are 14, 15 quid, you're whipping it off, you're trying to clean it yourself, you're trying to get the next one in your seat. Well, well, they're doing that, and that's quarter of the revenue I charge more just because I've got an apprentice helping me. Yeah, but you, you must also get the other conversations like, where do you get your staff from? Well, I'm investing in my staff. I'm bringing them through, and, you know, off the back of that, again, you know, it's, it, I think we're going in one circle here. Loyalty, you know, investment, and all the four things that we've been talking about all come back to the same thing. And, you know, it, I was the apprentice. Someone invested me in me when I was 16. Someone brought me all the way through. Someone showed me all the ropes of it. So it's a natural progression. Yeah, same as me. I was an apprentice. And yeah, and I think, you know, I don't like that word, giving back. But it is. It is giving back to society. It's like, no, I'm going to bring this person through. And you just hope that, you know, with karma and everyone being nice, that the person will stay with you. They will be loyal for a few years and maybe grow into your company. But it certainly happened for you, and it certainly happened for me. I've got an apprentice still with me that I had for t 10 years ago. There you go, see? My, my most loyal and long-serving member of staff here at the moment was an apprentice. Do I need to say anything else on that? I'm going to leave it at this point, is that I've been around the industry a long time. I know a lot of people, but the most successful barbershops in the UK have apprentices definitely anyway my friend it was really good to speak to you i hope everyone enjoyed that as much as i did and i will be trying to get some other guests on thanks for inviting me mike speak soon son